What's up, guys? So Ted Fayton here, and for this week on the No Rain, No Rainbows podcast, we're actually going to be sharing another podcast. I had the pleasure of being on my good friend Ben Harris's podcast, Goal Link. He is the founder of Goal Link Group, and they're all about seeking out challenges week in and week out. And we had a great conversation about getting away from bad relationships. I think this is a conversation that can really give you guys value and it really also it, it plays into the role of the No Rain, No Rainbows podcast. So for this week, we're going to be sharing that conversation that I had with Ben Harris, as well as Charles Russ and Andre Settles. Really, all of them have been on the No Rain, No Rainbows podcast, and I was lucky enough to be on the Goal Link podcast for a second time. So of course, guys, I hope you enjoy the episode, and uh, yeah, we'll, we'll get it going. Gentlemen. Hmm. <laughs> Yo, I am very appreciative. This is dope. This is the most people I've had on the podcast before. And I'm very excited for this. And to fill people in on why we're doing this, mm-hmm. it, <laughs> it was last week, um, by circumstance, we all got together. And I just felt, I was like, man, like I just need to bring this thing up like it's just been eating at me. Mm-hmm. And I know you guys would be real, and I know, especially Charles, you'll be real as hell with me. And so I just had this feeling. I was like, I got to ask because it's just like it's just been eating at me. Mm-hmm. Um, but before we jump into that, I want to say, so everyone knows, thank you to you three for doing this. Sure. And But for being just real dudes with me, and mm-hmm. I just finished the book, The Power of other great book charles oh right. yeah he like an ambassador that's the go-to that's, it's the go-to <laughs> uh-huh. man I'm trying to, that's where it all starts yeah mm. and you guys are the others for me and i'm so fortunate to have met all of you guys who hold me accountable positively if you read the book corner four you know mm-hmm. and like i'm so appreciative of you guys for real and i truly mean it and there are four of us right now so we we got the box covered hey let's right? go we're good yeah, man. I appreciate, you having, box, us too. appreciate you having us too. All corner four. All corner four, baby. This is where we live. <laughs> so let's hey, go. Wait, wait, wait. While we're talking about corners, I saw this thing the other day. Let me get y'all's take on it. <laughs> so it says whenever you flip a quarter, people give you two options, but you actually have three. You have hmm. heads, tails, and the quarter can land on that side. It's just a matter of it doesn't do it very often. And the, sl- the chances are so slight that we don't count them as an option for it to be viable, right? Perception. It is true. <laughs> Perception, right? There's always like another it. option. Remember that. Mine is true. That's the moral of that entire So, story. Andre, There's introduce yourself, my option. dude. My name's Andre. Andre Settles. Um, uh, do media, podcast, yeah, Ted, No Rain, No Rainbows. Yeah, you've helped um, film um, some of my podcasts. I bought my camera from you. I know, man. Ben's leveling up. <laughs> leveling up. Yeah. I love this, man. So, yeah. Ted, um, if they don't know you already. If you don't know... You're about to know. Ted Fayton, um, anchor, meteorologist, Fox Carolina, here in Greenville, South Carolina. Also the host of the No Rain, No Rainbows podcast. Founder of The Modern Man. And um, I don't know where my potential is, but if you're listening, I'm coming for you. (laughs) And Charles. Uh, Charles Russ. I'm the owner of R-Axis Financial Planning and Investments. uh, Conor Catalyst Jim, the creator of Carl's. And... uh, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> a personal growth junkie, uh, coach, right. mentor, and father of two awesome dudes. And? 
Soon to be three dudes. There we go. <laughs> and his name will be three Escalade. 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 Escalade Russ coming soon. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, I just remember that this won't post until after she puts up her pictures. Yeah, it so will be a minute. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Green light. Green light. Yeah, right? I was like, hold on. I'm saying, yeah, when I was recording a podcast with by myself and you were about to go out to New York, I'm sitting yeah. there like, so Ted, Ted, so we, uh, so happy birthday, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. So let's jump into it, dude. So we're going to talk about when and how to cut off a relationship today. But the reason is it's more than just a romantic relationship. I'll be the guinea pig. My situation was, you know, a romantic um, feeling of sorts. But it could be, you know, it could be a substance. It could be social media. It could be a whole different thing. So mm-hmm. we'll jump into that after. But let me tell you the story of what you guys don't know of what led me um, to the conversation last week. So what happened, um, you know, I moved here, met a girl, um, became smitten just like immediately met her the first night here. Mm -hmm. And I felt a connection that I've never had before. And it went too fast, too quick. And, you know, it was an amicable split. We tried to be friends, whatever. Fast forward five months down the line. Um, I find out now she has another dude and that's what triggered me. Mm. And, but the funny thing is the day before that, I actually wrote a letter and see, I know Charles, this is why you guys don't know this. And I wrote a letter to, (laughs) to hold on, don't speak yet. (laughs) And I wrote a letter thanking, I'll just be real, hold your thoughts for a minute, thanking her for allowing the space for me to heal or try like whatever the space to like be friends and cheering me on mm-hmm. da, 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 da. so i wrote a letter before actually knowing confirming that she had a new dude mm-hmm. and i was on my way before coming here before last week meeting with you guys i was on my way to deliver that letter like not in person i was mm-hmm. just going to drop it off and that letter was just thinking like hey i'm ready to move on now mm-hmm. thank you i'll always like, I love you. Like, I wish you the best, but I'm ready to, like, officially move on. Mm-hmm. Was that true? Did you stopped by here on the way? Is that what happened? Yes. Okay. And then I went to Tropical Grill and I threw that letter in the trash. My new- <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> My guy. <laughs> <laughs> That's yes. powerful. What is true, Ted? What were you asking? Is the, is what the you put true? in the letter, was it true? Yeah. It was as far as, like, I love you and I wish you the best. Um. Yeah. Well, you mentioned that you you were thankful for the space to heal and move mm. on and, and you love her and you wish her the best. But you mentioned when you found out about the guy, it mm-hmm. triggered you. Yeah. So I ask if the information and the words you put in that letter, if they were true, um, I'm not questioning your genuineness in right. terms of I wish you the best. I'm mm-hmm. thinking, um, I'm, I guess I'm sitting more like, were you over her? No. Was it more like, I'm ready to start being over you. Mm. You feel like that letter was that first step? I mean, that's kind of my game plan for it. Yeah. Um, But it was good that I didn't, if I would have given that to her, it would have just been another like um, setback or reminder. I think it would have been another breadcrumb down the trail you were trying to walk away from. Yep. I think so too. And that's what you guys, um, yeah, so let's go into it. So if you guys can remember what you said last week, Charles, I know you're holding your tongue. I'm very impressed. So what do you what do you think, dude? 
I mean, it's not it's not holding my tongue at all, man. I you know yeah. give you a little crap, but <laughs> to start up to start off, it's uh, you have to assess the situation and make sure it's a good situation for you because mm-hmm. the only way you can ever get to something better, and that be it through business relationship or other, is to end the old. Like you can never elevate if you remain in an old situation. So by staying in the situation which you're in, which obviously wasn't great because you weren't mm-hmm. actually dating this mm-hmm. person. You could never find anything better. It's they. I mean, that's actually a commonplace in a lot of relationships. People spend too much time with their ex. They're mm-hmm. they're still stuck on their ex, so they don't see What's in front of this great person or this great opportunity in front of them. And it's not just relationships. It's like yeah. you said, it's substances. Mm-hmm. It's with businesses. Uh, a lot of people get caught up in this. Oh, I have to make this successful. I have to make it succeed, and they don't literally see all the signs. Like, hey, this was a bad idea. I need to shut this down, correct the right way, shut it, end it, and move on to a new opportunity. Everything you do is not going to be the right choice. Every person you pick is not going to be the right person. Mm -hmm. So it's just really establishing that. And I think that was the main focus uh, that we we discussed last time. And, you know, the way that I explained it to you, like I said, if you really think that this person has your well-being in mind – they know if they know that the things they are doing are hurting you, then they would stop. Now that mm-hmm. doesn't mean that she should just be your girlfriend because not being your girlfriend is hurting yeah. you, but it's the separation. If I know mm-hmm. that me not talking to you is going to lead to your overall improvement and lead to you being a better person, to you being a better Ben, mm-hmm. as much as I you're my boy and, and we're cool and I love hanging out with you, I would step away mm-hmm. so that you could have that improvement. When you see that someone is unwilling to do things for you that aren't a detriment to them, her stepping away from you, obviously she has a boyfriend, mm-hmm. wouldn't be a detriment to her. Mm-hmm. So why wouldn't she do that? Yeah, and I think that's, whether it's intentional or unintentional, and that's what I didn't realize. For me, after reflecting on it, I realized I've just been thinking with my heart, and because that's what I lead with mm-hmm. usually, right? It's just like, hey, I can love you inc- unconditionally, mm-hmm. but... Then I thought, I was like, no, like, I need some logic. I need to think with my brain of, and then what you guys said is just like, whether it's unintentional, like, just being dragged along, Mm -hmm. the breadcrumbs, like, you're never going to fully heal. Like, if you keep, there are some things that have, you know, been said that, like, kind of lead you along until you decide to cut it off. I think... It's important something you said, reflect, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't take the time to reflect. And I could I I don't want to speak for the four of us here, but I can kind of think we are we are folks that kind of reassess our actions and why we do it. Mm-hmm. Most people I don't think operate like that. Most people operate through subconsciousness. They do things and they don't necessarily know or ask themselves why they do it. Mm-hmm. So the way we treat each other. I might have a conversation with Charles or we might have this podcast and afterwards Charles is going to be like, so what's the AAR, the after action report? What mm-hmm. did we did? What, what did we do? What can we improve on? That's us actively mm-hmm. trying to assess what we do, why we do it and get better. When somebody doesn't do that, I can mm-hmm. come here, do the whole podcast, walk away, not knowing if I gave value, not knowing if I helped you in your conversation, not knowing mm-hmm. if I was present. And it can get to a point in the relationship where all I do is I come and I take, I take, I take, I take, and I leave. I'm not aware that I'm doing that. Mm. So I think to your point, um, not trying to defend 
this person or other people mm-hmm. that do that. But a lot of times it's being done without any consciousness towards it. Mm-hmm. For us being more self-reflecting and being, I guess, more attentive to what we're trying to do, the relationships we're building, the power of the other, knowing the importance of that. I think it's our responsibility to audit those relationships in our lives. And really it's nothing against them because, I mean, we wish them all the best, but at at the end of the day, we have to look out for ourselves. And I think that's perfectly said. And that's what I realized is I can still wish you the best. I can still love you from afar, but I got to look after me. Mm-hmm. And this is my first experience, like really doing that. Cause I can, I've easily moved on every part of my life, whatever it is, you know, like I broke up with a girlfriend of a year to move here. And that was relatively, I don't want to say easy, but easier mm. than this. And it's just fascinating what you're thinking, Dad. I was just going to think the length of time you're with someone doesn't define the depth of the relationship. It's been wild. No. Compared to like a year to two months and it's still, and yeah, just like this connection, but I've had, like I watched some videos that I recorded privately over the past week and I was just like, it was just interesting to like look at my state of mind and yeah, like I fully like jumped in, but now I can learn from that of, okay, I am no longer benefiting from this. And that's what hit me is that it's only a negative impact. And I think that's what other people listening can hopefully gain from is you might think it's positive. I thought it was positive because I'm like, oh, I'm loving unconditionally. I'm cheering this person on. She's cheering me on. But in reality, each time was like ripping the bandaid off over and over and over and over, like repeatedly. Mm-hmm reassessing because you said too fast too quick Mm -hmm. you went in too fast too quick and when you're watching your mindset and you're seeing yourself through all that would you are you reluctant to go into a relationship again too fast too quick or what are some of the lessons Mm -hmm. you've taken because honestly it's one of those things Mm -hmm. where sometimes we don't know we're drowning until we're already in 10 feet of water Mm -hmm. yeah you know we don't know the water's deep until we've already jumped in what are you going to take moving forward? Um, are you going to not jump in? Are you going to are you going to jump in and, and take some floaties with you? <laughs> and what are those floaties? Um, that's funny. So I think for me, it will be a mix of both. I think I'm self-aware enough that I know when people get out of relationships, they jump into the opposite mm. just to like, because they mm-hmm. don't, they hated this. So they go to the opposite thing, you'll heal it. I know that's not the case. Mm-hmm. So I'll be just, you know, as level-headed as possible. But what I learned is like I consciously made a decision. Like when I moved here and I met this person, I can remember in my head, I was like, I've never fully committed in my life before. Mm. I'm committing now. And because every relationship before was just really good, but I was always like holding back a little bit mm-hmm. because I didn't want to get hurt or I didn't want to hurt them. And I didn't fully say things because I didn't want to hurt them or have a hard situation in the past. But because of what I was doing, like making big moves, taking big risks, I was like, I'm going to throw this parachute I'm gonna, or leave the parachute in the plane. And I'm jumping off. And I, yeah, it was just the wrong person. And, to, but I've learned so many lessons from that. Like I know that I moved here. Like that was a huge lesson that I've learned from that, but I'm not afraid of going back in. 
Well, luckily for you, I'm airborne qualified, so I can, you, <laughs> you know, are. I can go, yeah, man, I can go, we, we can catch you on the way down. Us. Yeah, I got, I got the wings, man, so uh, we can catch you on the way down. But, you know, when, when you, you entitled this, How to End Things, and one thing that mm-hmm. I hope, uh, the biggest lesson that you gleaned from, it, and that's why I was like, dude, you got to read my book, man, um, what you never did, and it's great segue from what Ted said, you're drowning. You, you didn't know the water was deep. But why do you wait until you're drowning to ask for for real help? Mm-hmm. Why did you wait so long yeah. to reach out to your support group mm-hmm. who is supposed to help you, who's supposed to be like, you know, even sometimes it's as simple as a text message. Hey, Charles, I'm really, I'm really missing an old girl, blah, blah, blah. And yeah, I joke and I might say, man, you just need a man up. But even just getting that, <laughs> yeah. that support of, hey, man, uh-huh. it's all right. Um, you know, it doesn't, it's not always going to be a, a, an extra deep conversation, but sometimes it is. Sometimes it's, hey, Charles, in your office, just, just need to rap. Ted, mm-hmm. you got any time? Andre, where are you at right now? Let me, let, let me holler at you. But you never, you just started out wrong mm. in attempting to pull away. You never, had a support group. It's like me, I tried to do it by myself. Yeah, it's like mm-hmm. me saying I'm going to quit being an alcoholic, but I'm just going to quit. I'm not. I'm, I'm just going to mm-hmm. put it up. I'm and not going to drink it. Drink, yeah. yeah, my friends still drink. My friends don't know. Women. We yeah, all talk about our girlfriends. Yeah, versus it's that that support group thought process, which is kind of the whole thing that I think a lot of us have been talking about is that we don't do that well. Mm-hmm. We don't do it correctly. So when you're talking about how, the first thing is identifying it. Mm-hmm. Which mm-hmm. a lot of times you need a group to identify, which mm-hmm. is what we were kind of doing more, more so than telling you how to stop. We were trying to help you figure out if that was a good thing for you. Mm-hmm. And I think we did very quickly figured out that it was not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but how many months of pain could you have saved yourself? Yeah. You know, uh, by, by, and this is a, this, mm-hmm. but to get the lesson, sometimes you got to go through it. No test, no testimony. Mm-hmm. So to deal mm-hmm. with this, to find out that your group and your connections would have saved you all of this trouble if you only would have done it up front mm-hmm. is a great lesson going forward because you don't want to drown. Don't wait until you're drowning. If you know, well, this water's deep and I can't get to shore, are you going to stand there and tread and think about it? Or are you going to say, hey, come out here and get yeah. me? Exactly. Because sometimes if you wait until you're going under, it's too late. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I th- yeah, that, that's a huge lesson. And for me, I am a person who tries to do it myself, mm-hmm. and that's one thing I learned. And I felt that of just. I think it kind of comes down to, to the, like ego, because we have to realize that every one of us has an ego, and we everyone has an opinion too. So you have to take yourself out of your little pea head. I call everybody the same thing: little pea head body. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Take yourself out and realize that it's more to it than just yourself. That there's people around you to help. Don't miss that blessing of someone literally handing that handout to help you, uh, which is is a humbling experience for you to go to a group of men and be like, "Look, y'all, I'm struggling with something. I'm struggling physically, mentally, emotionally, whatever it may be." For you to be able to text that call that facetime that i've i've hit charles up multiple times yo he's like what's up player and i'm like <laughs> yeah. nothing man just like you know what i'm saying just scared to say it almost and then it's like what's going on bro you know what i'm saying where you over time you do it that first time and then it it's like oh he he was a little vulnerable and then you do it the second time and it's like Oh, okay. So he's he's starting to get through some things. The third time, the fourth time, the fifth time, it's like, 
Oh, okay. Now we're all being vulnerable. Now mm-hmm. it's just, oh, you have that problem? Dude, I was just going through that last year, mm-hmm. right? We're literally a year and a half ago. I had broke up, or me and my girlfriend, I broke up. And I was, just like you said, doing the small things, the little breadcrumbs that Ted's called them, just the little small things that were just like dragging myself down, just just stepping on my own balls, as they call it, just walking on <laughs> Like, I don't care. It was, it's exactly what I was doing. Yeah. And it took, it took meeting these two right here going and seeing the value in the things that I was doing just based off the some of the things that she had said to me six months ago stuff like that that I had just psychologically in my head put mm-hmm. there there was a block that was like no you're not a producer of a, of a so of what was one what was one thing that she told you that was in the back of your head one thing that that never really s- stood right with me was she said I, I never know where all your money comes from mm-hmm. and I was like you've never asked hmm. and then I sat back and started thinking like that's crazy for that to be one of the biggest kind of, I guess, uncertainties for you to have, you know? Because um, it was at one point where I had, she was struggling financially and I had helped her. And I remember her telling me after I broke up that when I had helped her, mm-hmm. there were, that was a turning, the turning point in our relationship where she felt like I didn't, that like she owed me. And I was like, you don't have to like, don't pay me back. Like this is we're growing together type shit. When I'm dating somebody, I'm growing with them. I'm not yeah. growing separate. I'm not growing on this road and she's not growing on this road. We're growing together. Now we're both growing on that together path. However, that just didn't sit right with me. And I was like, well, one, you have to communicate. Like if you would asked me, I would have told you, okay, I do media. I flip, I buy and sell cell phones. <laughs> I you were driving Uber at Forex, <laughs> I drive Uber, right? <laughs> there's, there's multiple things. And it's like, I'm, I'm probably gonna. I just signed up and got officialized on Tackle yesterday. The app Tackle. Have y'all heard of it? T A K L. You can be a provider, 1099 contractor, and they just have random things. Like yesterday, there was a job on there for ninety dollars to come pick up, put trash in your in the truck and, and haul it away. Perfect. And they're gonna pay you twenty five dollars to haul it away. I was like, what? The? There's a lot of ways to make money out here, but little things like that to where that just in the back of my head would would kind of just block me. Like, well, dang. Like, do I need to be completely upfront with everything with everyone? Um, which in certain situations, yeah, it's good to be vulnerable. Just let people know what you're going through. Mm-hmm. Really, like, he literally like told me, man, I can't remember the name of the girl he told me, but like the exact same situation. And I was like, that's wild. And he was like, don't do it. <laughs> don't go back. Don't do it. <laughs> I remember in court, don't do it. Cause like it was something he had already been through, but my ego was not letting me learn from him that was stopping me from, mm-hmm. that was holding myself back. Yeah. Where it's like, if you just put your wall down for just a minute with maybe mm-hmm. one or two, three, four, five people you slightly trust, you don't even got to trust them 100%. What's the worst that's going to happen? I want to throw out, kind of take this in a different direction a little bit. Cause mm-hmm. Sometimes maybe the best way to get out of a relationship is to not start it in the first place. Mm. And I say that because we talk about relying on a group of people, relying Mm -hmm. on those closest to you. If you're starting a new job, a new venture, if you're, and I do this a lot, and I've probably spoken to a lot of you guys about things I'm thinking about doing Mm -hmm. or things I'm thinking about starting. Um, Even if it's a girl, I'm thinking about dating. I'm, I mean, those days are done yeah. for me, but at at the end of the day, I would actually seek the counsel of those around me. I like that before mm-hmm. I jumped in the pool. So if we're standing up above the pool, I'm like, "Ooh, this pool looks nice. You know, the water looks good." Hey, Charles, Carlos, come on. How how deep does that look? You know, you, know? Uh, like, you remember should, you remember I, I did the photo shoot in the lofts, and I was like, 
I did it with it was with a certain someone. You had seen him, and I was like, "Hey, try, hey, Taylor, what, what you think?" And you were like, "I was like, yeah." <laughs> and I was like, and I was like, for real? He was like, "Yeah, it was alright." And I was like, "So okay, I had to say. it was just a photo shoot. My bad, my bad." <laughs> <laughs> but it's just something like that, like you said, where you have to consult those other people. Because I mean, like, at the end of the day, sometimes you might. You might drink the Kool-Aid right away and you might be mm. sold. And sometimes we don't call our homies to meet the girl we're talking to. We don't call our homies about a business venture we're about to start because we're afraid that they're going to talk us out of it. Yep. We're afraid that they're going to tell us, oh, dude, that's not the best choice to make. Which is actually one of the great reasons to have a support group and a group of people you can go to. Your friends don't go through the honeymoon phase with you. Mm-hmm. And that's with anything. This girl you meet is awesome, but you only see her two or three nights a week. You send some text messages, talk on the phone. <laughs> then you start seeing her all week, and then you're at her house on the weekends. And well, she got a nasty house. I mean, it's a wrap. I mean, yeah. I'm just, and that's a joke. <laughs> that's a joke. Oh, like she got that old, they got that old school house bathtub up on legs, cobwebs. Up in there, you know? But it's a, it's definitely a joke. But. Yeah. But you you go into things with blinders, mm-hmm. you know. You everything has a honeymoon phase, like it literally mm-hmm. does. A business idea has a honeymoon phase, yeah. and sometimes we're so over eager to get into something. <laughs> Me, we don't make it through the honeymoon phase to see what we're mm-hmm. really getting getting into. If mm-hmm. something feel, you know, it's kind of like um a, a short term version of if you're really mad about something, go to sleep and see if you're mad about it in the morning. Mm-hmm. Same thought process. Now it's had time to chill, relax. And then you can come back and really assess, okay, is that even worth being mad about? Mm-hmm. You know, now, of course, phases along with relationships. I mean, a honeymoon phase can last months depending on how much you're around each other and what's going on. But before you really delve in, I think you need to get through that honeymoon phase. Your friends don't go through that. Mm-hmm. They see who that person is the first time you bring them out. Um, and, yeah, you should give them a, give them a couple times. You know, they got to warm up the atmosphere. But, if you know, if you've been dating a girl four or five, time, four or five months and your friends are really like, I won't say they don't have to like her. That they yeah, don't. That's not the choice. They ain't gotta like her. But if they're uncomfortable for you, mm. it's something you should think about. If mm. they're uncomfortable, if you tell me, man, I really want to start this business venture, and, and I'm like, well, let me see the cash flows. And, and Ted and I are like, well, let's look at your marketing plan. And we're mm-hmm. all like, I mean, I understand you really want to do this, but and you're excited, and and we love that you're excited, but I I don't feel like mm-hmm. this is gonna work out the way you think it is. You should listen to that because we're not in honeymoon phase. We mm-hmm. see what you give us and we give you honest feedback. And one thing you know because we've developed relationships is that we want – we have your best interests in common. And luckily, I mean, you know, like when you moved mm-hmm. here, I think we met two days after you moved here. The day you moved here. It was four. Four, three, four days. Three, four, yeah. or whatever. So – and luckily we, we hit it off. We went and had lunch. We talked quite a bit. So however it happened, we got to establish that relationship early. So I feel like I can tell you things which I feel like are going to be for your benefit, mm-hmm. even though they're negative. But you don't take them as, oh, he's not beating me up. No. He, he wants he wants what's best for me. So he tells me things that other people might not tell you. But luckily that you've got people now who you've established those relationships with. So you can take a situation to them, and if it is negative, they can tell you. Because like I said, one thing you got, you can't get what's better until you stop what you already what you're already doing. I.e. goal link. You mm-hmm. can't goal link until you get out of day job. Not mm-hmm. like you want to. Yeah. So the, sep- true. the separation mm-hmm. and the end, 
that you had to do hmm. with your day job that you had to do to do this. So there's a jewel out there, just like we were kind of joking about in the office. We said we we're going to have Ben walk up and down Main Street at the market with his shirt off. <laughs> yeah. Give him, no, give him a couple la- layers of baby oil and just, <laughs> just send him out. And Ted's going to follow him with a microphone and it. see, hey, uh, this Ben, what you think, ladies? And, you know, <laughs> and, and let him, and le- and let him check, check my boy out. But yeah. there's somebody out there that for you is better. Yeah. I saw an awesome quote that says, even if 99% of the world's population doesn't like you, you still got over a million people that love you. <laughs> that one percent. <laughs> That's a mic drop. That is a mic drop. I love that. Um, so how do we, how do we know when something beyond a romantic relationship, whatever it may be, social media, alcohol, food, a family member, a business, whatever? How do we know when it's no longer benefiting us? Just, I thought it was benefiting me until you guys said. It's not. It's only taking from you. I feel like when you're questioning the fight, there was a time in my relationship or my past, my my past relationship where I was always, I felt like I was fighting for that person still. Like I was fighting for them to be mine, fighting to be with them, fighting to keep them happy. When I was always kind of striving to give 110%. When like I took myself out of my pee head, he had a little body and I realized each human only has 100% to give and that 100% is different whether they're sick whether they're 100% healthy but they have that 100% each day and when you meet that right person and you give the 100% it's going to feel like 110% to them hmm. I want to answer this question not necessarily with a romantic relationship mm-hmm. but with a substance Let's do it. alcohol right mm-hmm. um, me and Charles for a few years each year we would Sheesh. do <laughs> well, I'm not even talking about the alcohol we would drink, but I'm talking about the alcohol-free month we would do. And mm-hmm. what's funny about that was those were also in times where our consumption was, sheesh, <laughs> to repeat Charles's statement. But we would do, and it probably was strategically placed in February because it was the shortest month, <laughs> but we would do alcohol-free month. And what's funny about that is the amount of consumption we were doing at the time, right? Was there mm-hmm. a dependency on it? I'd say to a certain level, but the ability, A, it's February, right after the Super Bowl, hey, no alcohol for a month. Okay, done. And we would still be at the club. We'd, we'd have a water bottle because we're sweating, we're dancing. <laughs> we don't need alcohol to have fun. But for me, there was an ability to still go out, have a good time, and... Mm-hmm. On a Saturday night, Friday night, one o'clock in the morning, dancing, sweating, being surrounded by it, I didn't feel the temptation to drink alcohol. Mm-hmm. And I think that for me to this day, I think of different times where I'm like, you know what? I want to go alcohol free for 30 days. I want to go alcohol free because I'm the kind of person, if we go out and we sit down, I'll have a drink just to be social. And See, even. Even Jess has asked, she's like, well, you go out, you get a drink easily. You always just drink. It's easy for you to drink. I enjoy it. But as long as I know that I have I have the willpower to say no. Mm. And sometimes I have to test myself, make sure I can say no. When it gets to the point where I say, listen, I'm not going to drink for a month. And I start making excuses for myself. I start yeah, I'm not going to drink for a month, but it's my birthday in three days. So I'll just give myself one. Mm-hmm. 
you know, that's when the slippery slope starts to come in. And unfortunately, that's not something I can track myself. That's something I would need accountability. I'd need relationships to do where I'm like, hey, um, you know, Ben, Charles, Andre, I'm not going to drink for 30 days. Mm-hmm. You guys keep me accountable. Punch. If I drink, yeah, punch me. <laughs> but if I drink, that's, that's my cue that it's an unhealthy relationship because I'm no longer in control of my relationship to alcohol. And I think that's similar to whether it's another substance, whether it's um, a relationship with somebody else, when you can no longer control your actions in it. Because you can't, it's not the alcohol's fault and it's not the other person's fault what happens to you. When you can no longer control your actions within the relationship, I think that's when it becomes a problem. I like that. Negative, negative relationships, be it with a business a person or a substance, uh, inevitably, inevitably have a recurring requirement from you that's negative. You know, it's not a perpetual giver. I, mm-hmm. you always have to go back to it. It starts to have addictive properties. Mm-hmm. Um, and even, even a bad business venture has addictive properties. You can't put it down because you're trying to fix it. You're, ah, oh, but if I do this, this will work. If I do this, this will work. If I do this, this will change this. A bad relationship. And that's, that's what a bad relationship is mm-hmm. because you will inevitably leave that relationship. Uh, it's like coming down off drugs. You leave the relationship, you feel down and you feel bad and you don't want it. And then the next day or a couple of days later, you want it again and you go back to it. And then you leave it and it becomes a cycle. Um, I feel like those, those thoughts and those themes are recurring with anything that becomes negative in your life. You feel it, it does whatever it does to you. It might give you some good for a few minutes. And, and a lot of times it might not even give you that. It literally mm-hmm. just repetitively gives Delays you a negative it. feeling. Mm-hmm. You walk away from it, but then you go back to it and you get the negative feeling again. And then you go back to it. And then you get the negative feeling again and you go back to it. It's that recurring cycle of bringing you down and not making you your best self. Um, that's a huge indicator for anyone. And, uh, you know, it's not, oh, it happens and, and we don't even know it's happening. It happens a lot. Yeah. So how do we know your friends? Your your real support group is is a great start, and you know that's being self aware. That's where I like. Uh, if you have a question, immediately if you question something, you need to start literally thinking back and reviewing times as you go through it. Like, okay, well, we spent time together. I enjoyed it, but at the end of the night, she made me feel like crap. We left. I felt sad. I didn't talk to her the next day, but then I called her again, and we had a good time. I'd also but then I say- felt like crap. I would also say, and to quote Tim Pecoraro, you can't heal what you don't reveal. Hmm. If you're, if you have a vulnerable, clear relationship with somebody and you have to hide the things you do from them, I think that's the first sign. Maybe this isn't good. Like if I am ashamed of what I do, if I don't share something I do behind closed doors with you or with my fiance, maybe that's a clue. You shouldn't be doing that. Mm-hmm. You know? Because if it's so good, why are you hiding it? You know, if I'm hiding drinks from somebody, it's all right. That's not good. <laughs> yeah. I'd be willing to bet you didn't really want to bring up your relationship to no. me. I'd be one hundred percent willing to bet that after our conversation at uh at uh the pool, 
when I was kind of like, you know, I hit you with the man up. I was like, bro, you just got a man up. Just, just get away. <laughs> I, hit you with the man. I hit you with the man up at a, it was a GBL, we a GBL oh, hustle. Yeah. Hey. Top side? Yeah. After yeah. that, yeah. I'm pretty sure mm-hmm. you didn't want to, you were like, ah, I don't really want to let that out again. Mm-hmm. Cause you didn't want me to know. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I didn't think about, I didn't internalize it for, to you personally. Like, I don't want to tell Charles. It was, I just want, it was kind of just like, what it, like a bad wound because it hurts so good mm-hmm. that you don't want to heal. When you pick the scab, you keep picking the scab, and then it scabs over again, and you pick it again. Mm-hmm. It's like I didn't like for real. Like I'll admit, like it's still weird, like to move on from it because I had a connection that I've never had to just move on. Is like that sucks that mm-hmm. I like laid myself out and I don't get to have that. Yeah. I'm not gonna lie to you, man. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's ever gonna leave. Mm-hmm. I think it's always <laughs> going to be a, a part of you or yeah. a lesson you take with you. Um, I mean, it's the the freshness of it mm-hmm. is going to dull over time, but I think it's still going to be a lesson or it's going to be something that you've grown from, you know? For sure. Um, me and my ex, we were together for three years. And as far removed from that relationship I am, as much as I want to deny it or whatnot, there's part of me that's going to be with her and there's always going to be a part of her that's with me. And there's, I don't think there's any negativity. No, in that. that's just the reality. We grow. And that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I think the past is kind of what helps us grow in the future. And, um, I forgot if it was from a book or a podcast or an article I was just reading and it talks about memory. It's actually, it was, um, an article I was reading about memory and what they found was interesting. There was a client, um, it was a, a patient and they were doing a clinical study because after brain surgery, he couldn't create any short term memories mm. and his, he, he could remember like the basic stuff, like his body remembered how to do, but he couldn't recreate memories. And because of his lack of memory, he didn't have an imagination for the future. So what they concluded was like our memory as inaccurate as our memory is in the past, because yeah. 50 years from now, your details, like you lose 50% of the details of what happens to you within a year. So what you think happened to you in middle school, about 75% of that's not true. But because you have some recollection of that, that allows you to project and plan and imagine a future. So it's the memories that help us imagine a future. As inaccurate as those memories are going to be, I think it's always going to stick with you for you to learn from, grow from, and sure. better navigate your, your future. Yeah, and the advice you gave me, right, is the cutoff, and that's, what I ultimately had to do, it's like, hey, love you, wish you the best, but this is for me. And I think, like, they, I know there's people listening. It doesn't matter if it's like a romance, it's business, it's family. You're thinking about something that you don't want to do mm-hmm. because it sucks, because it's painful, and you don't want to hurt their feelings or you don't want to upset them. But it's like, you got to think of you, man. And at the end of the day, that's what I had to do is like unfriend, unfollow, wish you the best. Like I truly, truly do. Like everyone knows that. But now wait, it's wait, time wait, to wait, me. wait, 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 wait. Huh. So you have unfriended, unfollowed. Yeah, and bro. You told me that this morning. Yeah. And oh, so it's a I did that immediately. It's a week. You need to count these like AA days, baby. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> it's been a been a hundred days unfriended. Hey, hey. You know. We going out, yeah. Ice cream on us, yeah. We gonna celebrate because that's what we go out for. We go out Mm -hmm. for gelato and ice cream. Yeah, Yeah. we do. That's very true. So, Charles, I think you had a 
did you say that you had a family member that you had to cut off? Was that true? Yeah. Yeah, without a doubt. And and there's different types of cutoffs. There's mm-hmm. a certain level of cutting off. Now, cut off doesn't mean like mm-hmm. if you never talk to if you see this person out, you're not going to be like skirt. I got to leave. No, you know, be hey, how you doing? Normal. What's up? Okay, good. <laughs> hey, yeah. good. Uh, hey, glad you're doing good. Side hug. And then I'm out. <laughs> yeah, but mm-hmm. yeah, you, you have to. And as much as you you know you you hope it's going to change, you think it's going to change. Um, sometimes it's not healthy. Now I I do feel like. Even when I'm coaching people, I, I do feel I place a difference between family and friends. There is there is a difference there. I feel like family does get you know some benefit out, some chance to yeah to return. But you know it, you gotta you have to show a very specific change. You know that you know the for the betterment of yourself, not for me. But you have to show me that you really want to make that change for me to let you back in the circle. Um, I remember uh, about eight months ago, I sat down with my college roommate, good friend now, Rodney Anderson, and we were going over his goals. And this was, I mean, I still do some empowerment now behind the scenes with some people. And I remember I was going over the goals with him, the six Fs that I learned from Charles. Or, you know what I'm saying, my man right across here. Shout out to my guy. But I was going over the six Fs with him, and we were going over his finances and Without getting too much in detail, he wanted to save, find out a, a set number of money within a set amount of days, something he could track, something he can figure out if it's attainable. And I remember sitting there talking to him and telling him it was like 30, 35 days outside of it out after we had already did it worth the goals and his little whiteboards on his wall outside of, or when he leaves his room. And I was looking at it. I was like, Hey man, you've been hitting this, you've been hitting the goals. And he was like, yeah, man, some, some of them, you know what I'm saying? I was like, what about the finances? Man, I got to work on those. And I remember I remember sitting there looking at them, and I was like, bro, this is why, I was like, this is why we did the goals. This is why we did it right here. So 32 days out, we wouldn't have this conversation. This is it right here. But you're still not doing the shit that's supposed to be done. And he just sit, like, he was sitting there, and I was like, nah, bro, dead ass. Like, I care more about your fucking future than I care about me and your relationship. The fact that if when I leave your house right now, if we don't talk again, I don't care. I don't care. I said this to him looking in his eye. I was like, because I care more about your future. You care more about me coming over here to play the game with you and chop it up than you do in your financial goals, which you value our our friendship more than than I value your future, which is not okay with me. So I'm going to exit. I'm going to pull myself out of the situation. And I kid y'all not. Wow. God is my my witness. We went on a break. We did not talk for... It was it was not normal. Like me and him have been friends for a while. You know what I'm saying? And we went on a break. And I I remember, you know, just as well. Like he released his mixtape. Then he released it. He started rapping. He released his he released his own mixtape. Yeah. And I was like, bro, you could have been doing this with me the whole time. We could have been doing this the whole time. But I have to take a step back. I was like, realist. Like I had to take a step back. And he's like, bro, thank you. That's cool. And we didn't talk for like it was like two, three, four weeks where we just did not say a word. I remember on Instagram liking his stuff. I remember seeing him talking <laughs> yeah. about his stuff coming out. But it took that from a friend. I mean, that's why some some mentors charge. Because yeah. when you're invested. Dude, that shit's deep. You know, that's, it's hard, yeah. You know, when you put money for Time, a class, yeah. for a lesson, I think it's it's more, 
I mean, first it, it protects the mentor from wasting their time. Yeah. But it also, it's, it's more like, you know, I have everything I have into this. Mm-hmm. I put my time and my effort and my money into this and you have that accountability and, you know, you want to get your money is worth. Yeah. So usually from the other um, side, it just, it almost makes you feel is. like some of the shit you do doesn't work. When realistically you have to realize that everyone doesn't want what you want for them as bad as they want it for themselves. And that's, that's, that's okay. Yeah. Everybody, everybody mm-hmm. does what they got to do. Yeah. And, and I'm the kind of person where I live my life just trying to do the best I can. Mm-hmm. I know I'm not perfect. I know I make mistakes. Same, yeah. I know I stumble along the way. If I offend somebody, it wasn't my intention. <laughs> I'd love the opportunity to correct it. But if not, I'm going to do what I do and just move on. I don't want to have to worry about somebody else's emotions or how they feel. Mm-hmm. I want to be communicative. I want to have my corner four relationships, mm-hmm. make sure I'm taking care of the homies around me. And I think I trust my homies enough to be like, hey, if I'm slipping, you let me know. Mm-hmm. That's cool. I think the theme that keeps coming around is just the relationships around you. And which I think is really cool. That's one thing that I've learned this year as well. And if we do, if we're thinking of something right now while listening to this, I think that's that's how you know mm-hmm. that something mm-hmm. isn't serving you. Yeah, and, something popped into your mind. Right? That, like There is something, whether it's social media, video games, whatever. Donuts, Pop-Tarts, yeah. carbs. carbs. <laughs> it's something you have, and everybody has a negative mm-hmm. relationship with something. Yeah. Not, none of us are perfect. Um, honestly, the relationship portion is a whole nother conversation, although it is the key I feel like to stopping yourself from doing a lot of things. Uh It's the key to growth. It's the key to being, that's where we're made to connect. And I I think, you know, I've had that conversation. That's, I think I've said this to all of you at least once. That's why uh, solitary confinement is the worst punishment known to man. Cause Mm -hmm. you've taken them away from people from everything. So connection is, is always going to be the key to growth. And I mean, um, I just ask you then, since you, you know, this is your podcast and you said how to, what would you say, what have you learned is your method for mm-hmm. identifying and ending negative relationships? I step away from it and see how you feel. Mm. So that doesn't mean it's forever, right? Like Andre with your homeboy mm-hmm. with a romantic relationship with alcohol. Man, it took me, it took me like intentionally not hit him up. Because like you read, like you... Like I just shoot Ted a text. It's just like ayo. Like sometimes, and then he like, "What's up?" And I'm like, "Nothing, bro." I just forgot. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I forgot it. what it was <laughs> when it was just something so small that I wanted to tell him. Where like I have those friends where you need like for me like my sphere is important. You know what I'm saying? When to stay this that they keep me rooted and also you say accountable, but keep you in check. Like accountability is is kind of thrown around nowadays but you need someone who grab you by your arm look bruh you know what i'm saying look bruh it's uncomfortable (laughs) you growing (laughs) but someone who grab you by your arm sometimes and let you know when you're messing up that's where you know what i'm saying that sphere comes in um which goes to unplugging when you unplug from it do you i guess talk about it i like that so yeah do you just just so yeah so unplug from whatever it is they could literally unplug and then how do you feel after that, mm. right? So set, a, set a, so, so set a limit, right? Like for me, that's mm-hmm. what I decided after last week is like, you got to cut it off. And for me, it's like, okay, 
Like I can't like unfollow, unfriend. Mm-hmm. How am I going to feel in a month? How do you feel today? I already feel better. I bet. Mm-hmm. Right. Because I'm able to, like, I'm still having to self coach myself, you know, all these things like, like, you know, I'm like a dope mofo. Like I know I am. But right. you know, like when you scroll, you're not going to see a pic. And that's... You know that. Because honestly, like when I was scrolling... I know you was looking for it low key, right? But no, but I had a... little a f- bit. No, but I had a fear of seeing it. Ah. Uh, like my yeah. heart was like... That's deep. Yeah. It was like wanted to see it, but I didn't want to see it. What are you going to say, Ted? That's good. I was just going to say, talking about stepping away from relationships. My relationship with Instagram was yeah. not through a choice of my own taken yeah. away. <laughs> and as funny as it was, it was... You know, I almost don't feel a rush to come back because it was straight up a utility. Now, the rush I feel to come back and create an Instagram and build it up again is the same utility that my old, um, I guess, urgency was. But I realize my relation, I think I have a better understanding of what my relationship with social media is because Instagram was taken away. And that was the main platform that I shared everything on, posted on. I, I mean, I, you look at my Facebook, I barely posted on my own Facebook or on my Facebook page. Instagram was where I lived. So when that was taken away, I started looking more at Facebook, looking more at TikTok and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'm like looking at it like, okay. And the only thing I, I noticed what I used to do, I used to create on those platforms. I create on these platforms. I don't consume. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at TikTok and there's some interesting stuff, but after like a couple minutes, I'm like, I don't want to look at this. I want to create, not consume. Mm -hmm. But that helped me understand my relationship with it when it was taken away. Now I know what social media is for me. I actually put it in a post that was on a podcast that posted the day we were recording this, but by the time you're listening to this, it was already a couple (laughs) weeks out. Yeah. (laughs) Were you going to say anything, Charles? I think that's the thing is like, take it away. If when you hear us talk about when and how to cut a relationship with anything out of your life and whatever pops into your head, set a goal of take it for a week, take it for just start small, start with seven days and then see how you feel. And definitely don't just don't forget. It's not natural to hold yourself accountable. It's literally not natural as much as people think it is. But when you put yourself in difficult situations, uh, you flow, you're like water, you flow away from discomfort. It's just what happens. So you need people to pull you back towards that discomfort. And if you don't have those people, well, you didn't water your garden. Uh, you didn't, you haven't developed those relationships. And unfortunately for a lot of people that, that, that can make things tough. Like it can make a situation like this even tougher. But if you've developed those relationships, you've, you've watered that garden, you've put your time in to make sure that you have those people and you're that person for some people as well. Um, it's always going to help. It's always going to, to help, you know, those people will, will reach out. Uh, I don't know what your, what's your goal link challenge going to be for this, for this week, Dude, for this week, it's sure going to be to cut something out for a week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think this is a huge, this is definitely a meaningful challenge and I'm excited for it. Yeah. Like I, I think you got to go, just my, my opinion, you yeah, got to go with, you got to go with the relationship. Because I guarantee you everyone who's listening to this, who is listening to this, has a negative relationship with a person. Mm. I so a person. With a person. That is because that is literally the most difficult one to cut off. Um, even in, like not having Instagram for a week, you've done that. It wasn't yeah. that bad. Actually, if you look at my Instagram, I think I've posted once 
since July. Because my girlfriend wanted me to put up a post, so I put it up. <laughs> she wanted me to put a post. She's like, maybe we went here, you didn't post. I, I, all right, baby, put one up. Yeah. Yeah. I posted once since July. And you know how much I, you know how much I miss it? Yeah. But I told Ted when he starts his page back up, because there is utility. You know, yeah. now, now don't, don't get, don't, don't let me tell you there's not utility. But I don't miss it. It's not mm-hmm. hard. But for you to tell me to identify the worst personal relationship I have Oof. and cut it off. Cut That's it off. real, man. And tell three people you're doing it. Don't just say, hey, I'm going to cut it off. Because then, cause then I'll be like, hey, Ben, who you cut off? Uh, yeah. you, know, you don't even know them. They're out, they're out, they're out in Utah. And you don't even know them. <laughs> I, I was talking to them. It's just, just, you just, talk just to them every day. I was talking to them every day. We was on FaceTime and the, the Instabook and all of it. Not just, I cut him off. No. Mm-hmm. Fine. Identify your worst relationship and tell three people that, that you feel are, that. are good relationships that you're going to cut it off and do it. And let them hold you check. And, you know, if someone identifies you in this thing or they want to do it with you, check in on them. Ask them. You know, think about them during the day. Like, yeah. let me see what my boy's doing. And that's that's another challenge I'm going to share with you after this one that you can drop on them in a couple <laughs> weeks. Uh, I, when I, I had in the back of my head, but okay, it sounds good. it's tricky. And for real, if you're listening, watching, like I'm sure any of you would be open to this. I'm open to it. Like people reach out to me. And I'm happy to hold, to help hold you accountable. Like no joke, I get a sick enjoyment out of like helping and holding people accountable. Like one of my friends, I was talking to something similar where this girl, they've been dating for like two years. And I was asking, okay, like, you know how close you guys getting to married or whatever. And he just drops the bomb, but he doesn't feel it. And then I just ask, well, do you love her? And he says, no. And I'm like, bro, you know, I'm like, dude, then what are you doing? You're wasting each other's time. Like I was just, I've, yeah. I'm not that straightforward, but that was so glaring to me that I was just mm-hmm. like, nope. That's crazy. Cause. And I set a reminder three weeks. I called, he didn't answer. I texted, he didn't answer. And I texted and I said, Hey, I trust your process and you're unfolding in this. Let me know when you're ready. And he sent me a text like a week later. And he was honest. He's like, yeah, I was avoiding you. And they broke up? Nope. Mm. But they did talk about it, but I can only do so much. But I'm happy to hold you accountable. Yeah. Well, with that point, I'll say, I mean, fellas, it's kind of our responsibility to a certain extent. If we're unsure of a relationship, I mean, we're lucky we don't have necessarily a clock. I'm never going to forget. I was watching a show, and some guy said he's like, do not drag a woman through her childbearing years if you don't know where you're going. And that is a service of who you are. It has nothing to do with who you're dating, who you're with. Mm-hmm. It's who you are. You're like, uh, I don't know about yeah, this. Yeah, don't waste their time. You got to kind of respect yours. the flow and let it go. I didn't mean for that to rhyme. That's just how it happened. Damn it, Ted. Damn it, Ted. <laughs> All right, y'all. Well, this has, been, this has been fun. Thank you for joining me. Any other thoughts? Before we peace out of here, let's do this again. This is like fun. With a different topic or something, or a different topic. And I think it would be fun to even touch base on this topic months down the line, and then we can see Ben. How are you doing since, since then? Yeah. 
So, and that's my whole thing, right? Is like, I love to be the guinea pig and to lead by example and put my shit out there and like show my process. And mm-hmm. I'm happy to do that. Well, thanks, man, for having us. Thank you, guys. This was yeah, fun. I appreciate you. Very helpful. Thank you for your relationships. Um, I don't have the feeling I have to cut off any of you anytime soon, so that's good. I got a back workout coming up. This dude, Charles, is going to hurt me, so I might have to cut that off. <laughs> I cut off my relationship with fitness. <laughs> I'm out. I'm out. Okay, thanks, y'all. Adios. <laughs>